<clears throat> Do you consider yourself a storyteller? Why or why not? Who tells the stories in your family or among your friends? So I am a storyteller in my family because I'm the one that likes to talk the most. <laughs> and um, I like to tell stories because I feel like it gives people an insight into like your life or what you went through or um, engages them and gets a conversation going. And uh, so. um, I also feel like I'm a storyteller in my family just because I like to have all the attention on me. So even if there's not a story to tell, I'm probably going on. Yeah, that's all. Okay, I am definitely not the storyteller. <laughs> I feel like all the older people in my family, like grandparents, great-grandparents, people like that, they normally tell most of the stories in my family just uh, because I feel like I have more to talk about. Because they're older. <laughs> um, I think my dad's probably the storyteller in my family because he loves to like embellish on crazy stories in his teenage years. But I think he kind of passed that on to me because I like to embellish a little bit and <laughs> tell stories. I really do think I'm the storyteller in my family just because I never shut up. I mean, I always have a story to tell you. Um, other than me, it's probably, it was probably my grandfather, and that's where I got it from. He would tell really funny stories and. I wanted to be just like Papa, so I had to learn how to tell stories. And um, but I enjoy it. It's fun. It's a fun time to like be able to explain to somebody else a story or something that's happening, or to tell them a story of something that happened to me without them there, so they can you know be in on the laughter. Okay, so um, some of us said that we weren't storytellers. So even if you're not a storyteller, what stories do you like to tell or have you told? Um, also, I like to hear stories that, like, have to do with things I can relate to, like sports or outdoor stuff. Like, I want to hear a story about a ballet recital that happened in <laughs> 1940. But, yeah. Okay. So, what do you guys think makes for a good story? What elements do you think needs to be in a story to make it good? Um, I think, like, there has to have a point. Like, there has to be, like, a point. Like, you can't just be like, oh, my God, I have this crazy story. I went to the grocery store and I bought milk and I went home. Like, it has to be, like, I got hit by a car in the parking lot. Like, it has to be something cool and or worthy of my attention. Yeah, it's something interesting. Like, I mean, you could take really any story. You take a story like, I went to the store and got milk. You can make it interesting. Like, but I saw this guy who was standing on the edge of the corner and he was doing this and he was doing that. Even the most bland story, as long as it has yeah. interesting details, yeah. become the this. most outrageously awesome story. I feel like stories have to be either like funny or sad to like really draw your attention in. Like, I asked them all the elements. Or scary. Yeah, I don't know if the story is that they like leave you listening until like the end. Sometimes they drag yeah. out too long, so I like it when it's like leading up to something. Like intriguing. Yes. It draws mm -hmm. you in. Which is why, like, when your dad tells you the story about the horrible things he did as a teenager, you're like, yeah! <laughs> you can't get mad at me because you did it first. <laughs> okay, so um, if you could sum up this course in a phrase or a word, what would it be? So for me, the word that I think sums up the course in my experience would be challenging. Because when I came into this course, I didn't have like, any technology, any technological experience. Um, when the assignments were first assigned, I thought that I was going to fail this class because I didn't even know how to start it. And then um, throughout the class, we learned a lot, and I used a lot of different um, technology in the classroom that we could use in our classroom 
That would help us. And so, yes, what I see. I'm really struggling to think of a word, so I'm going to go with interesting. Because there's always a new assignment, something that we've never heard of, and there's always these like little videos that are shown, and sometimes they're weird. <laughs> music. I would say convenient, because I feel like every time we come in here, there's something new that like I've never heard about, most of us have never heard about, and we go over it, we learn how to use we learn how to uh, like mess with new things, new technologies, and like different ways to portray them in our content area. Um, I guess like a, a phrase instead of a word would be like pushing past the comfort zone because I like obviously I didn't have very much um, customer experience with a lot of the technology that we use, a lot of the websites and everything. I didn't have any experience with it, so it was definitely like a push past my comfort zone to figure it out on my own and create something from that. I'm going to agree with Sarah on it being challenging just because he gives us enough of a open-endedness that you just kind of sit there and go, I have no idea where I'm going from here. And then you get a lot of like small like hiccups and you're just like, I just don't know how to get past this because I'm just now learning how to use these programs. And suddenly you're thrust into doing it, having like a project in a week or two. And you're just like, I will never get past this. And that's how you kind of like look at a lot of them. So that they're challenges, but after like finishing it, it makes you feel so much more like accomplished when you mounted that that challenge and were able to like come out with something that you're kind of proud of. I know. I'm like, this is this is not gonna give me an A, but I like it a little bit. I did it. I did it. You know, it like shows us examples of like stuff that he did just like today. And it's like this is I know, I thought the same thing. I was like, oh no. I don't know what an A looks like. You, you have to bring in the president. You have, you have the actual president, like, shake your hand, like, yeah. I probably need more than one. <laughs> you need a line of them. Can't wait for him to hear this. <laughs> so, what is one story you remember from this course that is worth telling? Well, um, yeah. Um, it was the other day, it was the last week that we did the groups with the stupid HP reveal. Yes. With yeah. well, I didn't know how we could not get it to work, and he just walks over, he's like, "That's how you do it." Did it, did it, did it, and he like, and it was just the way that he was able to like so like eagerly show me. I'm like, okay, and then you went through all of the steps, which was so nice. And it's like that's one of the things that I want to be able to like explain is that he does go through all of the steps really well. Like if you go, I don't understand how to use this. I don't know how to get this to work. He is kind and does come over and in his very hyper energetic way shows you exactly how to do it. And then I was able to pull it up and do it after that. It was nice. So it's not really one story that I remember. It's just the basis of this whole class as a story in general. Uh, every Monday or Sunday night, or every Sunday night or Monday morning, he posts something that is just like, he is so excited about. Like, and all of a sudden, on Tuesday. On, yeah, on Tuesday. And we're all just like, did you do the homework? And they're like, no. And so we all do it on Tuesday morning, right before class. I feel like at the beginning, we probably didn't do that. But now we're to the point where it's just kind of, we're, we have a lot of other stuff to do. 
and was so we just wait until the last minute, but it always works, so that's why we keep doing Other it. Other than today. And we all, like, yeah. got closer because no one understands yeah. what's going on. <laughs> yeah, we all come in, we sit down and go, so, so did you all- understand <laughs> how that worked? So we all, like, to suffer together. Okay. Anybody else? Stories from home? I cannot. Well, I guess, like, whenever we play with the Narch team, is like, oh, yeah. a story, I guess. Because, um, like, it was cool, but I want like, one. I don't really. You don't really, like, see something like that every day. <laughs> yeah. But I bought one. It's a home. It's great. <laughs> see, I liked it, but, like, for, like, early childhood, yeah. like, we couldn't really, like, relate to it. I mean, I guess you could, well, I don't know if you can, like, put your own story or your own images into it. I guess you could, like, introduce a uh, field trip or like review a field trip with it it's you could you could put it into your classroom but i feel like there's more effective ways for early childhood to do that yeah i think you guys would the that, the panoramic thing the paniform thing would be really good for you guys because like you can kind of like draw out your own Things yeah. or you can let them draw. I thought that was because that's what reminded me of the merge cube was the panoform thing that we did yeah. the other week so, um, where in your content and grade level do you see potential for the use of visual stories? Well, as an English person, I can use this all the time. It's something that it's a good way for the students to not only show their life, but the life of the character. Like we saw how they um, recut The Shining. My students can recut any movie about a book and make it more or less like the book. And it's just, I feel like as an English major, this is one of those things I'm like, I can fully and completely put this in my classroom with high school students and them actually probably want to do it yeah i mean with early childhood i feel like you could even do that with like a children's book and kind of make something fun out of it or like going to like my like what my quest was about like animals and stuff i think like you could do like the digital story of an animal and its life and like what it does i just think that children are really like watching something like that mm-hmm. and especially they can kind of like put their own little inputs like this is what you should do here we should have the animal do this or the yeah, animal do that really just like create any type of story but instead of like writing it with the kids you could just do the digital part on your own like you could write it and then like make it and then they could watch it That's what i feel like with high school math it's harder because math and technology don't really yeah go hand in hand i saw a um I was watching a TED talk the other day and it was a teacher who teaches math and he uses comics to teach math because he can send the comic book home with them mm-hmm. and his little comic book version of himself is teaching them how to do it so they can like do it at like home. Yeah. So like doing a digital story of like how like yeah. a little yeah, you digital man that. doing the work so they can like go scroll back and forth. Between it. As someone who struggled with math as a, child, as a student, having something like that where I can like easily like scroll back and forth between things would have saved a lot of tears in high school. Mm-hmm. Um, what is something tangible, a product or a program you are taking away from the course, something you can use or have used already? Um, a lot of the, like this anchor that we're using now, I feel like we could, all of us could use that somehow in our classroom mm-hmm. because it's an easy program to use and it um, engages students because they can talk about basically like anything that they want to if you give them like a prompt then they can um like we are doing now with our peers they can discuss it and really just um, like a free assignment to like speak what they think about the class or 
they can uh, talk about the field trip that they went on or if they're looking forward to the field trip or what they did over summer break or what they're going to do over summer break. Um, there's a lot of different ways that you can use it in the classroom. Mm-hmm. I think for me, it's being able to make a good web quest. That's what I was going to say. The yeah. web quest is probably my because it's something that you can put your time work into, but it gives them the opportunity to like actually like go find things themselves, especially as a high school student. Like you don't want the teacher to stand over you and tell you exactly yeah. how to do something uh-huh. by giving them the option. Like, okay, this is what I need you to do, but you can use these resources or you can find different resources as long yeah. as they pertain to this. It's such a good thing. And I'm like, I did the bad web quest as a student. I hated it. They weren't very entertaining. And like, learning how to make my own and make it actually a challenge for my students, but make it so they actually can get something from it was really nice. Yeah. I mean, I liked, um, it was very hard for me to use, but I liked the idea of fun space of like, put, like if I learned how to use it, I think it would like work better than like putting together a bunch of different things to create like a coherent lesson. But I think I just have to learn how to use that. You're using big words today. <laughs> I really liked the infographics. I thought those were really easy and like something you could use for anything. And we did the one um, assignment where we had to make a newsletter. And so I did like an infographic instead of a video. So you could have like links on it. And that would be like interesting to actually use. You go to infographics. Yeah, I love like, this is nothing. Like, infographics are so much fun. Infographics. Yeah, we've gotten to the point where it's like we saw them so often, so like boringly yeah. done that when we sat down, like actually started making the class, this is actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. And to see the, like the seventeen like different like programs we have, yeah. it's not just you on Word or you on yeah. PowerPoint making a stupid little thing. Yeah. Like, you can, there's all these things that help you make them look yeah. so fantastic. And they're really nice. simple to make. And like a lot of the assignments, you could just take it from the readings and just type it in and then you were done. I feel like that like infographics are really good for like little kids because like yeah. you, they're very visual and like making a lot of little infographics for the things like as a high school student like that's why I, I even for high school like you want something to stare at on the wall while your yeah. teacher's talking about something really really boring. Might as well be something entertaining and help and that's gonna like help you later. Blech. Okay, so what is something cognitive way of thinking or pedagogical approach? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think something cognitive that you take away is like, like the thing that we talk about all the time, which is like the triple E thing, where like that technology can enhance, engage, and extend a lesson. And like, if you use technology the right way and integrate it the right way, it can be very good for the students. And then another one that he's we like use a lot in all of our um, projects is Luke's taxonomy. So that's another thing that we can take away and incorporate into all of our lessons and get the children or students thinking. It's for me. I spend more time with the the three E's. Um, I it, I got to the point where I mostly wanted to focus on that because that's the one like with Bloom Taxonomy where you've had it in so many other classes yeah. and I get it a lot surprisingly in my English class we get a lot of Bloom Taxonomy there so I try to really focus on the the triple e frameworks because that's the newer thing for me so that's what I really am gonna have to like start really thinking about and now I, just, I have it like saved to my computer that's the first thing that pops up is the triple e as soon as I start working on anything I'm like okay yeah. how am I going to use this and how am I going to do this I've also started working backwards through projects instead of going straight from the beginning to the end I go from end to beginning and try to like finagle things to make sure everything works with 
the literature I want to work with, which was really interesting. Anything else? Okay, so the last question is, what questions do you have as we come to the end of this course, and what do you think is next? So, um, I don't know if I have any questions as we come to the end. Um, I'm sure they'll come as we start making our digital story, but the thing that I think is next is really sitting down and looking at the um, digital tools that we've used in this class and how we can really incorporate them into our classroom because I feel like that's something that we haven't really nailed down in this class mm -hmm. um, because we've just been so busy trying to learn how to use them ourselves. Yeah. So I think that's something that we will do after this class is really looking at the tools and how we can use them in our own classroom yeah. one day. I really think it's going to be the idea of um, like what I'm going to use because there are a lot of tools that I just really didn't like and I didn't feel like would fit my students or like the ability if like where I want to teach like I was talking to my teacher and I was I mentioned a couple of things and she's like you can't do that really around here because the students don't have internet at home you can't really do these big internet needing pro like things and as I've uh, noticed there's some of the things like even like the art of like me going home to working on some things I can't because my internet just can't 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 handle me mm -hmm. working on a project so it's like it's gonna be figuring out like what I can and can't use and how I'm gonna finagle into the classroom. Yeah, that's yeah, that's like the same thing with math. Like, I feel like there's a lot of things that we've used to hear that, like, I will never use in my classroom because it's so hard to incorporate, like, math and a math lesson into some of those things. But yeah, I think like, I guess a question that I would have is like, what other thing, what other digital tools are out there? Honestly, because like, I'll wake up and I'll see him posting all of these like new different digital tools and I'm like where does he find them and how can I like get to things like this yeah like because like that's the, I think it's the question we always have it's like I walk in there going how did he find this in like yeah. 10 minutes because yeah. we've been like saying things I saw this on Twitter and yes. I thought you guys were like where did you find this like yeah. how did you find this I think something that's like next is like figuring out how to find those things ourselves figuring out how to like um incorporate them into our classroom and figure out if they're like beneficial to our students any comments, concerns, questions? Last minute things you want to say? I think we're good. Good. Mm -hmm. Peace out.